All right, so welcome to another episode of Feel the Void. Today I have a, uh, a guest. I mean, it's kind of, it's not as much of an interview as it is just, I wanted to get the perspective of somebody that I respect. Uh, you might know him by his name with different form. Uh, he used to go by the name Connect, Connect Rhymes. So Connect, different form. Thank you for coming into the uh, Feel the Void podcast today. Thanks for having me. All right, man. All right, so uh, I think this 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 whole idea was something we were talking about in Twitter recently, and we were talking about Bandcamp. And then, of course, there's a lot going on uh, controversially right now, right, with uh, Neil Young and uh, Kanye West, and that was a previous podcast episode. I was talking about that, issues of free speech and Joe Rogan, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, what comes to mind for me a lot is just just the centralization of everything now and the the power that corporations have over the music that we're making and the direction of it. So what's really at, at play for me is like the battle between like a legitimate culture and just these corporate forces. And so I wanted to get your take on it. And what, what I know that we talked about doing was, well, let's talk about streaming versus ownership because that's essentially what I was getting at is that I feel that ownership of music, just from the perspective of a consumer, is more important and is actually a better idea than streaming, renting, whatever term you want to use. Most people are just going to say streaming. So I thought we could go through the pros and cons. So uh, why don't we just pass it to you and let's hear what... Let's start with the pros. What do you think the pros of streaming are? Because I think that's your position, right? You want it from like, um, I mean, obviously it's different as an artist and a consumer of music. Sure. So you, like pros as a consumer or pros as an artist? Well, you want a little bit of both. A little bit of both. I mean, I mean, obviously we were both artists, so we have that perspective, but we both started as just consumers or, or listeners to begin with. I think... I think that's where where the conversation is missing is it's always from the viewpoint of the consumer, which is the wrong way to view things because without the artists, there's nothing to consume. So, but just 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 go with what you feel best. Just go tell me what your pros are of streaming, whether it's from the perspective of, of just purely as an artist or purely as a consumer. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I see pros from from both perspectives, and I kind of I contribute to the good and the bad on both sides, I guess. But um, yeah, as an artist, I mean, the pros are just—it's just easy to get your music to people. It's easy yeah. to get to listen. Um, you know, you can throw people a link to Spotify, um, whatever else there is, Pandora. Um, I use Spotify, so it's, that'll be like my basis of a lot of things. But I think that it's just so easy to send that link to people and get them to listen. Um, and it gets, it gets your name out there quick to people. And I don't know, you probably have like that 30-second window of somebody to like hear your music and, and want to continue to listen or just pass sure. it on and let it be gone. But I think, yeah, just like the easiness to to spread your music to people and, and get new listeners. Um, and then also, like, I've noticed that playlisting has been huge. Like, I think we had that conversation on on Twitter 
also has to do with like your features on the song. If there's a, you know, if there's a bigger name on your song, it's going to get other places and, and heard by people. But like I have a song that has like 800 plays, which is nothing, but like not really making any money off of it. But like that was by way of ending up on like three different playlists. So like people, whether this person has their own playlist and they're playing it a lot or they're respected as a playlister and they have like a following that trusts like the music they share. So, you know, like that happens and a lot of people hear it. It doesn't really directly turn into sales like of physical means of music. But for me, I'm an artist who's not paying bills off of music. Like it's like a hobby to me. Obviously, I try, I like to I try to break even for what I spend on, on putting music out. But um yeah, it's it's an obstacle, but like it's nice to be able to like rely on streaming to to reach new audiences that you couldn't if streaming didn't exist and you're just going based on playing shows and building your name up like locally and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of where it, we're at. Like I feel like we're backed into a corner. I mean, those are definitely the pros that anybody, and including myself, I see with streaming, right? I mean, the numbers don't lie. What is it? 83% of total industry revenue just from two years ago. And I got this from Synthopia.com, right? That's streaming. That's where the revenue is, 83%. How much is going to the labels and not actual artists well true and then you always hear the the argument well like spotify isn't even profitable right like they're still in the red um at least it last time i checked those numbers but yeah yeah see that but then like i don't know if you listen to uh the cd baby podcast with the diy musician and they were talking about that recently and they said you know then there's the question of like they give a hundred million to joe rogan why can't you take some of that money and spread that to artists rather than the, you know, what is it? It's like, I think three one thousandths three one thousandths of a penny is what I get if I have a couple hundred streams. It's something ridiculous, right? So um, what, I want to share a couple of my pros as well. I think you kind of hit on this was it's con- I don't know if you did you say it was convenient? I mean, um, I didn't get into that yet. That's that's a, that's one of my pros. I was kind of giving yeah. you the pro. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a consumer pro, and that's why I, I'm a subscriber to Spotify. Sure, I and I contribute to it, but like that's like my home. That's my home base for listening to music. Right. Still, yeah, I'm a person who I still buy the physical mediums and support the artists as I would have. Like I, I think I might have like. I said 15 years ago or whatever on our Twitter, Twitter thread. Yeah. I still make that a point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause like, you know, sometimes if I go places, it's nice to have like a CD in my car, just in case I spark up a conversation with somebody and they're like, Hey, interested in that. But nowadays there's not even a guarantee that if I have that conversation, that that person even buys CDs anymore or cares to have CDs. So it's definitely way more con- convenient you know if i can get somebody even either social media or even through like a qr code you know like i was thinking about getting a qr code printed out on something the size of like a credit card that i can keep in my wallet um and just show them that you know and take them to a link tree 
uh, service like that or Feature FM with their uh, with all those smart links that they have. I mean, that's really where it's at, you know, is like and that's why, again, we're, we're in this corner because we're trying to be as convenient as possible, you know, make everything convenient for listeners. But at the same time, you know, um, the cons to me, right, for me as an independent artist, someone with not a big following, it's such a lose-lose. And that's that's what I think is is its biggest drawback in streaming is like it's almost impossible unless you're really creative and you have a bunch of different revenue streams to be in the black with all the spending. Like people don't realize that it's not we're just paying for one thing and, and putting our music up, you know, on all these distributors. There's the there's the money that goes into uh, if you do if you get someone to mix your music, uh, if you you know had studio time, um, the artwork that goes into it. So you know, hundreds of monthly listeners or hundreds of followers on Spotify is great, but you know how how sustainable is that as an independent artist when you're really not getting anything back for it? Which is why again I was saying like. I guess you just got to find other ways, right, to, to make money. You got to do shows. Uh, you got to sell T-shirts. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the biggest obstacle. And I, I think that the, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in the multiple revenue streams. Like, you kind of have, you have to have that. And I, in the last two years, that's been the biggest challenge with COVID is that, I mean, venues were shut down, shows were shut down, and they're still like, they're starting to slowly occur more, but like so many artists were, were hurt by that. And even like you and I, like I put out Pareidolia March 13th, 2020, right when she hit the fan, like in the States. Mm -hmm. So like I had, you know, not a ton of inventory, but I had like 30 shirts printed hundred some CDs and even CDs were, you know, fading at the time, like, and still are, um, but yeah, you build up all this inventory and like I've have a lot of it chilling here in my basement right now because I haven't played a show since sure. the end of 2019. Um, and that's, you know, that's how we move our product for people like you and I, like, you know, and I was kind of disappeared from the scene from a little bit. So I was excited to like start building things back up again. And, you know, you haven't done shows in a while either. Like, so yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge obstacle and that, and yeah, and it's even worse now because of all the venues that closed down. Yeah, yeah, dude, it, it's so weird. Like, it almost feels like it's 2009 when I first started, like, doing shows in the city. And I'm, like, trying to build connections because, like, all my old connections are, are gone or the venue's closed or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. So it's, like, to get back out there, it's going to be, like, making new connections and, you know. Yeah. Starting from whole new, whole new set of challenges. Yeah, like starting real. over really is. The other other con I have about streaming, and this kind of goes to what we were just talking about with having to start over and have new connections, is that I think it's a reflection of a weaker music culture. And um, what I'd like to kind of, unless you want to speak further on streaming. I wanted to talk about ownership 
and, and you know the strengths of it and the cons of it. And once we do the cons, um, I'll explain what I mean by weaker music culture. But what, if you had a chance, what would you say about um, ownership? Do you see what are the pros in ownership ownership of music rather than just again streaming? Or renting, and I say renting because that's literally what we're doing in this case, right? You're paying ten dollars or whatever it is on Spotify or whatever your service is, and you, if you decide next month you're canceling that subscription, you no longer have that music. I mean, I guess short of uh, listening to it with without ads, but go ahead. Right? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Ownership's taking a hit as especially as a as a consumer. But I think like the the consumer nowadays isn't so concerned about ownership like people just like that that quick access it's the accessibility like i listen bluetooth in my car and i can you know i have a playlist made i can hit random on it or i can pull up any artist and just you know i'm not flipping through 75 pages of of a 250 pound cd book in my car <laughs> <laughs> or leaving it on my roof of the car when i'm pulling out of a parking lot Mm-hmm. Uh, before. I think my brother did that years ago. <laughs> he either did that or he says somebody stole his music. And I swear the same thing happened to me. <laughs> right. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, yeah, see, I like to own the physical product. Like as far as, um, like I'll, I'll buy people's MP3s off Bandcamp and stuff, but like it doesn't, like I have it, but it, that means so much less to me now, I think. But I support if if I know somebody like a good friend of mine, it's an artist who's not putting out physical products. And if it's between streaming and Bandcamp, like I'm going to try to grab their MP3s off Bandcamp. So I'm at least, I know I'm putting something in their pocket for, you know, the work they put in. Um, but I feel like a lot, like the cons- the average consumer too, like Bandcamp's kind of foreign to a lot of people. Oh yeah. Like, there, are, there are people up on it, but it's like a lot also tough to get like it's so easy but people were like Bandcamp, like i don't know like what's that (laughs) yeah and that's funny because uh i mean that's so so obvious too when you look at these numbers right because we obviously know about it and then some of our fans know about it and friends know about it and i'm sure some family members know about it only because of us uh but when they say 83 percent of total industry revenue is coming from streaming Bandcamp is not making any streaming revenue, right? Yeah, and they don't pay off streaming either. Right. So even with all the millions, and they're headed to like a billion at this point, aren't they? That uh, Bandcamp is brought in for artists um, just through their platform, right? That's not even including that into that pie right there, Right. That 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 revenue that Bandcamp's generating is the rest of that seventeen percent, or, or p- some part of that seventeen percent. So, yeah, it is it is definitely it's a niche thing. Bandcamp is a niche thing, and um, I wish it wasn't the case. You know, like you were talking about on Twitter about how Spotify you had seven hundred some listens. Um, and then Bandcamp, it was like 20 or 29, you know, it's the same situation for me, you know, I'll check my stats on there and you'll, for a couple days, you'll have a, a few views. And then after that, it just kind of flatlines 
and it, it you know you run out of ideas and ways to get people to that page but uh here's what i think about ownership right you decide who you want to support you know if i'm giving money to spotify or any of these places i am in fact giving money to yeah any number of artists that i probably don't care for absolutely you know one way or another yep. um yeah the bigger names are probably pulling the majority of that the people exactly exactly pushing for them and the the revenue goes to the artist with ownership which i like you know most of it um even in in the case of like itunes you know is such a better even though it's that's that's obviously been supplanted by Apple Music and streaming. Um, even iTunes was was a better situation, you know, it, it, with digital products. You know, you owned it. Um, it's not based on advertising, you know. So the streaming that you do experience, and I know you had some issues, and I was curious about that too. So don't let me forget. I want to know what your thoughts on the discovery feature of uh, Bandcamp was, but. Um, when you stream there, you know, they're not, they're not chiming in every two songs with some advertising, you know, they expect that eventually you're going to generate that revenue by purchasing directly and having ownership to that title. Yep. Um, to the points that we were making before about like cons about streaming, uh, it's sustainable for the artist. So you can be someone that has a full-time job. Um, but because you have a fan base that appreciates ownership and finds value in it, you're making, sh you have that opportunity, right, to generate enough revenue to keep things going and to keep investing in your music. Um, then there's, of course, growth in vinyl. Mm -hmm. Vinyl has gone up some almost 30% in 2020 in sales. That's something to like uh, 626 million. Yeah. And I know that CDs are, I guess, declining, but they're not dead. You know, there's, there's still people putting them out. And then, of course, there's cassette tapes, which has seen a, a resurgence in the past few years. Uh, but again, that's real niche as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, what do you think the cons are of ownership? If there's anything that we haven't already kind of gone over with or gone over about since we already talked about stre streaming. Is there anything you want to add? No, I, th I think there's there's limited cons to ownership. I mean, what's what's better than owning the product? Like, and you know, if you own it, you can basically ex access it as easily as you can streaming. Except, I guess nowadays, like a lot of cars, vehicles don't have CD players in them now, so that it makes it yeah. tough. Um, and even I have a laptop in front of me that doesn't have a uh, CD player <laughs> on it. Like, you know what I mean? So even even yeah. computers. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, ownership, you, you know, you pay one time and some, except for, I mean, if you're buying a, a CD, it's probably about the same price as what you would pay for streaming, like monthly, that one time amount, you have it forever. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, like a person like me, I like to have, I just like to own the physical product. I like to flip through flip through some pages or, you know, read the credits and, you know, look at the artwork. Like I like artwork a lot. So like, I appreciate it for that. Right. 
Um, yeah, and I think it's kind of like you have to be a real avid music listener. Yeah, I don't. I don't think your average listener is into things that much that they're caring about the artwork. They don't care. Yeah, they don't care what the the cover art looks like or yeah. But yeah, I mean, very. I'm, there's hardly any cons to ownership. Yeah, there. There's a few. I would think. I think, and this is coming from like just. You know, you ever hear that George Carlin thing about people and their stuff? They have so much stuff. <laughs> so if you're an, if you're like a minimalist or somebody that's trying to cut back on all the things that you have in your house, that's yeah. the con of ownership. I have four know? kids. I know that battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then there's a couple other ones. Um, and I guess this would be related to actual digital ownership, not not physical stuff. And that's like the the way in which that maybe you you own that product so you know it's great if you go through a service like bandcamp where they have a database right it's like a cloud just the same as amazon is just the same as spotify and apple is that you can always return to and you know uh it's linked to your account it's linked to your email address and you don't have to worry about it but if you were to buy it, say, directly from the artist or the label, it's a little bit unwieldy, you know, because like you're buying it directly from them. You can download it probably once. And if you lose that yeah. digital album, it's kind of like you're screwed. You know, you're screwed out of 10 bucks or whatever. So there's that as well. But I, I would think... That's why it's so preferable to go to that guy right there forever, forever platform. Yeah. But, and then I guess, you know, my last point would really be, and I was, you know, I was talking about, you know, a strong music culture and I think streaming is the opposite of that. And that's because I think ownership is, you know, much the same way as, you know, if you shop local, that's a reflection of a stronger community. If you actually own the music, you know, that says a lot about the person that that owns it and not to take away from people that are just more casual listeners. I'm not trying to um, diss anybody, but my point is like it's ultimately it's just it's going to centralize everything. If this is the direction to where every year ownership and uh, physical product and just actual revenue stream for an independent artist, if that dwindles every year, then it's really going to homogenize music and it's just going to be pop music. And you know, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I see what you mean. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it's hard to say like how, how far to that level will it go? Like what, what's the cutoff? Um, yeah, it's definitely concerning, especially as like an independent artist. But I still think like, I mean, the last two years have been have have hurt the local up and coming rapper. But I think like once shows come back more, I think you can still like create like a balance there and keep the, you know what I mean, keep the culture of music alive. Keep you know, and not have it so centralized and. Everybody sounds the same. Everyone's do, doing. Do you same. think people are itching to get back to, not just artists, but to actually experience a show? I think a little bit. Even even like, 
just experiencing like life on that level, I guess, like getting back out and, and not, not just like, you know, you've been able to go f- back to bars for a while now. You can go to a bar and drink and whatever, but yeah, I feel like there's like the, the live music aspect has probably been lacking a lot. So I think like, hopefully people like realize how cool it is to have, have that along with your, your drinking and socializing and you know what I mean? Hopefully. <laughs> or we'll return to the days of uh, people on their phones while you're performing. Oh, uh, well, yeah, uh, that, that's, yeah, we're stuck. Just screaming. Yeah, it gets worse. And then and finding that perfect time when that rapper like turns his head so they can turn around and go get another beer, get, get another beer. Right. We, you know, know your show. It's like, it's like <laughs> because I'm a little older, but we went to, uh, DJ Blacklist's 40th birthday party last night. Mm-hmm. I got home last night and I had like one selfie of like a couple of us sitting there. Didn't even get like a good picture of the birthday guy. And I thought about it. I was like, man, like we hung out, we ate, had some beers and none of us were like looking at our phone the whole time. And that's why we didn't get those pictures. But like, shit, we haven't hung out for a while. We had a blast and like people just like, right. We were like in the moment and we weren't, snapping hundreds of pics for the gram and mm-hmm. like that. So I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I thought about that. There were two sides of that. I was like, man, I should have got more pictures. And then I was like, damn, like none of us were like concerned about taking nice pictures and we're just in the moment having a good time. So in the moment. Yeah. I know what you mean, man. <laughs> and I think that's part of what we need to get back to as well. Like we, there's only so much you can do online you know, I guess you could, if you had a massive promotional budget, sure, yeah. that, that'll change things. But I think it's a really about face-to-face. Yeah, as a person. like, developing relationships. Right. And, and that's, that's yeah, the way forward. Live, live music's so powerful. Like, Right. Uh, we came up on, you know, seeing our favorite artists, like, live. And, mm. like, nothing. That's, that's, like, the live show is what made me really, like, want to rap more like i loved hip-hop for a long time but like once i started to go see like more independent underground shows yeah. i was more like getting hyped and like wanting to like make my own music and try to do that someday be like that exactly. guy but yeah i think that really yeah. like- when I, I think it was 18 i went mm-hmm. to wvu i saw okay. exhibit who was on stage with defari and then it was oh, and actually it was um Who's that DJ crew back in the day? It was like five or six DJs. Executioners? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, them. they were there. And then it was Common. Common uh, was the uh actually maybe it might have been Exhibit. I think because Exhibit's album that year went platinum or whatever. So I think right. Common opened up before Exhibit, but Common show in particular blew me away, man. I couldn't even sleep. Yeah. You know, I, I went to my friend's place slept like late on the couch and just the whole night i was like i want to be a rapper yeah. like, i already wanted to but it was like really moving right. so yeah live performance is definitely a driver you know of our passion yep. and also i think of just improving the culture and uh really i mean it's it's really about trying to get that message across to listeners um because if it's all just 
<laughs> if it's in the hands of of the people that aren't making the music, you know, um, oh, yeah. entirely, then it's just downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. If it's in the hands of people just trying to make money off of it, right. to make it a business instead of a a culture. Yep. So. All right, man. Well, I think that about does it. Um, where can people find your music? Or I should, I should say they know where they can find your music. We just talked about every option, basically. Yeah. But how can people get in touch with you online? Um, man, go to www.differentform.com. D-F-R-N-T-F-R-M. Okay. And everything else is there. You can, you can, choose, you can choose Bandcamp or choose your streaming service or... But yeah, and the store is there too. So hit that store up. Excellent. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, thank you for joining me. And that wraps this episode up. Uh, As usual, just want to tell everybody to uh, follow me on YouTube, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Facebook. um, And then uh, be sure to uh, look out for the next episode next month. Thanks, man. Yep, thank you.